Okay. All right. So let me know when uh, so, you want to just kick it off and uh, get into how, it. How, how are we kicking this off? Uh, do we have a thing or are we just gonna well i know what the intro should be else. now it's gonna be this whole audio over music and that's gonna be our introduction <laughs> brown leather bits chevy how did you screw the blazer up so badly seriously jesus christ <sighs> has left the chat how did i get these burns it's called making the chutney <laughs> It's it's like you know I want to do this for that, and you're like, oh, here's the time that we're gonna make some audio for Nick to cut. But the, the thing with the so, but, the, but my again, well, see, I, so I started an OnlyFans actually, and uh, my room is much cooler now, so that's good. Oh, nice, nice, yeah, much much cooler. So, hello everybody, and welcome to episode nine of Blinker Fluid. I am Nick, and I'm Vince. And that is uh, who we are and who we've been. We are excited to be getting all the good news out. We got a lot of news while uh, over the holiday and all that stuff. So I'm yeah, excited yeah. to uh, break it all down. Before we do get into it, I would like to mention that, as always, Blinker Fluid is brought to you by absolutely nobody at all. I, f- I thought for sure we were going to pick up somebody over the holidays. You know, you'd think, but no, not so much. Man. I gotta send out more emails. That's what it is. That's what it is. Are you now? Are those uh, from the podcast email or your personal? From the podcast email. Yeah, that's good. Okay, because yeah. it was your personal, I'd I'd understand why we weren't getting responses. No, 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 no. I would never send them from that email. <laughs> no one wants to get an email from VD. <laughs> <laughs> I've got VD in my inbox. I think you should see the doctor for that. I think they can give you antibiotics. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. Did you miss us, everybody? We missed you. At the risk of this going down a very, very unproductive rabbit hole, I would like to turn to one of my favorite companies in existence today, and that is Hennessy Performance. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hennessy has built a car. Another one? Well, see, yeah. See, that's the initial reaction, right? Are they actually building it, though, or are they just, like, kind of saying they're going to build them and then never getting their cars to their customers? Ooh. Okay. We're taking a swing out of the gate at Hennessy. What I thought your point was going to be is, is it going to be another <laughs> clapped out Lotus at least like the first one was? No, I was I actually dug on that. It was. Listen, it was sweet, but at the same time, it was still derivative of something else. This, though, is Hennessy's. All the way through. Uh, it is called the Venom F5. Have they done a boutique before? Or was it always something based on something else? I could have I could have sworn before the one that whatever the, it was called that was the Lotus, they had something else. I don't think so. I think everything's no? been enhancements okay. for... they had Because the, the first Venom was, the, was on that Lotus platform. Right. But they obviously made kits for... You know, everything yeah, else. No, I know they make hits for everything. They make Vipers. They make uh, trucks. I forget what they make out of a truck, but... The Velociraptor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they do. But this is, uh, yeah, their their first car all the way through. It's theirs. The chassis is theirs. The body's theirs. It's theirs. The engine, obviously, is theirs. A twin-turbo V8 engine that is going to give those of us with the $2.1 million to purchase it, (laughs) you know. But for that 2.1 mil, you will get a nice little 1,817 horsepower out of the 6.6 liter twin-turbo V8 engine. 
Okay. And uh, okay. 1,192 pound-feet of torque. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm in. <laughs> like, yeah? I'm not somebody you had to convince that. No, you're not. Uh, you're going to have to do some more convincing on me. So a couple things I like about it off the bat, while it is Hennessy's design, uh, it looks like they pulled from a lot of people. And the people they pulled from know what they're doing, too. Uh, so from if you. Sense? design elements oh okay yeah okay yeah uh, I, that's part of my issues with it so let's 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 hit that what do what are you seeing well i'm seeing mclaren in the back end which leads me to believe they work the aerodynamics in a similar way okay which i can, see, I can see the mclaren first thing that popped into my head i mean l- less so from like the physical elements in it but more so from just like the actual shape of it i was seeing a little less mclaren a little more c8 corvette there's a lot of c well see and here's the thing what you're seeing is c8 corvette i'm seeing is ferrari in the front well that's yeah no, the front end, 100% Ferrari. That yeah. looks like every Ferrari that came out since the 458. It does. <laughs> and also interior Ferrari. Yeah. Which, again, that looks like a 458 interior with brown leather bits. It does. I think that's part of the reason why I like it. Because if somebody said, hey, I built this car with 1,800 horsepower that looks like a 458 mounted a McLaren, I'd be like, <sighs> yes. Yes to that. See, and, and I, I don't mind when a car kind of invokes an element or two of something but this literally like you just said it literally looks like a clone of these cars mashed together and i'm never a fan of that well my problem is too from hennessy's standpoint to me it it looks like you just said yeah we really didn't think about the body that much right i mean don't get me don't get me wrong before when they borrowed from the lotus it was very much still a lotus However, mm-hmm. if all you'd ever seen was a stock Lotus, one of those stock Lotuses before, Lodi, Lotuses, you would take a look at the Hennessy and you would not immediately recognize it as a Lotus unless you were well-versed in, no. the, you know, if, if you'd looked at Lotuses every day for your entire, like, it wasn't completely stand out obvious right off the gate. Right. It was something that kind of came to you after a few minutes of looking at it. That's a good point. I mean, they definitely made it their own. And and the thing that the other thing that I will point out, though, I don't think that their lack of what I'm going to call their lack of originality as far as the body goes, a bad thing based on what it looks like they were working on instead. So this car weighs 2,998 pounds. It's not bad. It'll do zero to what do you want? Zero to 124 or zero to 186? Why are the measurements so weird? Uh, 124. 124, uh, it'll do from zero miles per hour to 124 in 4.7 seconds. Uh, is that on the tires they give you or is that on like special tires? I would assume so. Because <laughs> there ain't no way in hell you're getting a DOT tire to hook 1,817 horsepower off a dead dig to 124 in 4.7 seconds. I would imagine not. Well, but to be honest, so, and that's not about, it's just about the limitations of the tire. It's not about anything else. Right. No, no, no. Absolutely. I'm just saying like numbers like that. (sighs) The one that I really like though is the zero to 248 mile per hour time. Yeah. What's that? 15.5 seconds. I I swear I did not look that up. I heard you you said it at the same time. It was incredible. You're absolutely right. 15.5 seconds. It's uh, how what? No, it's insane. Absolutely. I've never doubted Hennessy for their performance capabilities and their ability to engineer performance. Never. The other caveat that I will put on this is I think in order to do this, besides the tires, which are for the production model will be Michelin Pilot Sport Cup 2s. Yeah, okay. The rears of which are 345, 30 ZR20s. 
by the That's way. It? Yeah. It's got to be, it's on E85 and it's got to be in its uh, F5 VMAX mode to put out those numbers. Yeah. Okay. But still. No, absolutely. Uh, one more small, tiny, like jab gripe real quick. Hit me. Wh- why, why does it look like it's got an Under Armour brand on the front? Yo, right. I was, dude, <laughs> I, I thought that's what it was. You're going to, you're going to drive this car past somebody, you know, like some dude who thinks he's like a car spotter or something. It doesn't really know much. And he's going to go, yo, Under Armour made a supercar. Oh, it's like they took the front half of this and the back half of that and mashed together. I want it. It's my, the rock edition ferrari with the fucking yeah. oh my gosh like come on yeah no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right the the other thing I, I will point out that i actually have a performance issue with is it's a seven speed single clutch transmission um single's the only way they're gonna put that power down you're i, I don't mind that but i i don't think you're getting as much out of the power range with a seven speed no no i mean Seven's it does enough. fine don't get me wrong <laughs> i'm not saying you know it only does zero to 250 miles an hour in 15 seconds. Come on, guys. No, no, no. no. I, I know what you're trying to say, but the thing is, is like they're either they're either going to have two things. They're either going to gear this for, you know, they're, they're probably like splitting the gearbox. They probably have like two, two to three gears that are just street gears. And then the rest are you're full blown. We're putting power down, blah, 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 blah. But also if you get on the highway and you bang into those gears, you have how much horsepower to, you know, and who knows, uh, do you have a torque number on this yet? Or, you know, I'm assuming the torque number is insane as well. It's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be 1200. Yeah. 1200 foot pounds of torque in a 3000 pound vehicle. I don't care what gear you're in you can get up to speed. Like that's, that's con- drivability is a non-issue at that point for me, honestly. That's fair. That's Everything's fair. probably geared so tall for the road stuff anyway, just to allow you to be able to drive it without absolutely smoking on every turn. Now, when you asked about production, were you asking about numbers? Because I mean, I have that figure too. There's the numbers that they say they're going to make. And then there's the numbers that actually get delivered because it's Hennessy and they're notorious for never getting their cars to their customers. Yeah, they said they're making 24. Okay, so they're making six. <laughs> All right, Hennessy. You're apparently good for a quarter of your uh, a quarter of what you're into. If you don't believe me, just honestly, that's a straight up Google it thing. It's everywhere. No, there have been uh, there have been some issues there for sure. I, don't get me wrong. I th- I think their production package stuff is a lot more deliverable. Like if you're going to buy a Velociraptor or any of their other stuff that they, you know, they used to do their challengers and things. I think their numbers are better on those. I'm not saying they're great. They're definitely still flopping a bunch, but as far as like the previous venoms and st- I wouldn't, I wouldn't count too much on actually getting what you pay for. If you're not buying a 2021 HPE 600 navigator, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> and I didn't make that up by the way. That great is a real things. thing that they make. <laughs> you're not making the worst decision of your life and you're actually living a proper one i don't know that's a that's 600 horsepower to navigator zero to 60 in 4.8 seconds quarter mile and just under 13 gotta love it but you gotta love a company that's doing that like i just that's oh yeah no they don't care they absolutely don't care they they they, they built they build a part to bolt onto something because they want to go fast and then they just go what else does this fit on what has this engine? Like, what what can this physically fit on? And then they figure out if it can fit underneath, and then they just sell it. And you know what? They're doing something else right too. 
and it has to do with more car news. And I'm going to bring it back to Hennessy because they're already fixing something that's wrong with this new one that's coming out. Oh, okay. Uh, so we've discussed uh, a couple episodes now. We've brought it up. Ford's Bronco. Yes, the we, savior. We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. And Ford, in that vein, uh, has announced that it will be bringing the warthog nameplate when you when you suggested this as a topic i took one look at it and i went somebody turned a bronco into a halo warthog already (laughs) and i got really really excited and then i googled it and was like oh so i think originally it was gonna be the the bronco raptor yeah they were calling it like a mini raptor Yeah, yeah yes it's either one of the it either comes from the plane, the APC, or the animal. Right. Take, your, take, your, take your pick, which one you like the most. Or a Halo reference, potentially. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> really, you could do you could do worse. Yeah, it was, it was viable. So Ford will be introducing the Warthog name onto the Bronco. You know, it looks great. I have no issues with that. It will have the Sasquatch package. So 35 inch tires, electronic transfer case, front rear locking axles, a lift, Bilstein shocks. Great. I like almost everything about this truck. Yeah. What don't you like? <sighs> Take a guess, Vince. Doors? Nope. What is my gripe with the Raptor nameplate now? Oh, it doesn't have a V8. It's got a twin turbo V6, which again, <sighs> I like that engine. But if you're going to do this, why? because first of all, this is not going to be a cheap vehicle. No, no. It's, it's just not. Because there's no way they're doing this in the two-door version. This is only going to be the four-door, which... Right. Uh, but whatever. Um, yeah, well, we know how you feel about four-door uh, configuration. Yeah. Uh, I, on this, in, this, in this instance, I'm inclined to agree with you. Hey, now. Really? Yes. My only gripe would be, unless they put the um coyote in it they have no v8 to put in this why would you not it's more of a light duty engine isn't it i would agree with you but for the price point that it's probably going to be at why not work it a little bit you could use that engine up i guess and if you'd like a proof of concept i personally but before before you give me that personally i'd rather them wait for what was it the 6.3 that they're like that what are they to is 6.1 whatever they were doing with the 7.3 and they're tuning it down yeah what was that? I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was what the same uh, the same leaderage as the V10, but it wasn't the yeah, V10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't the V10. They were just taking the 7.3 and they were like destroking it, I think. <laughs> really? You're <laughs> laughing at that? I tried. I tried to be an adult about that. I think it's the 6.8 is the new engine that they're going to... Okay. That's that but, other V8. I, mean, I, I think... I think footprint wise, like 6.8 liters is still a large engine, but I think footprint wise, it's something that would be more conceivable to fit. The 7.3 is too big. It's definitely too big to throw in that, but maybe the 6.8 would work. Here's my, here, my suggestion would have been, why not put a 6.7 in it? Oh, your truck engine? Yeah. The diesel. Oh, diesel. Oh, yes. oh. Why not? Uh, that's not the direction Ford's going these days. I, well, but that's the thing. But power Bronco? Come on. If Ford was going to put a diesel in this, I would love for them to bring over the diesel engine they're using in the Ranger overseas and put it in this. What's the leaderage on that? Escapes me. Let me look to, it up to, uh, escapes, because we're talking about Ford. Nice. Well, I will say I, I acknowledge, by the way, that the six seven would be probably a tight fit. Yeah, but still a good idea. Oh no, you wouldn't like it. Never mind. Is it a four cylinder? Mm, maybe. 
Exactly. Uh, no, actually, their largest one. That's the one I was thinking of. No, it's a uh, 3.2 liter inline five. I don't mind that. I, I can I can get down with that. Yeah. However, if you don't mind spending two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars on your new Bronco. Uh what? Oh, are you talking about Icon? No, sir. Oh. I am talking about Hennessy. We're back. Oh, because Hennessy is doing a Velociraptor V eight Bronco. Under Armour's making a Velociraptor V eight Bronco. <laughs> Under Armour. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm never gonna get old. That's never gonna get old. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> It looks like the Under Armour logo. You get it does. It, no, it really does. It really, if you're, really does. Look it up if you, uh, everybody at home. Look it, it like, it when you like actually look logo. at it, no. But like when you look at it on a vehicle that's kind of moving in a picture, like no, it's just yeah. At a glance, it looks yeah. It's it not looks exactly like the Under Armour logo. But for that low, low cost, you can order a brand new Bronco. It'll get shipped to Hennessy. At which point, they will fit it with a three-liter supercharged. 5.0 engine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the BAS, as they call that particular supercharger. Oh, wait. That's, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember which company does that now. Yeah. The BAS. So they'll fit the Coyote with the BAS and you'll get 750 horses out of it. They'll equip it with a 10 speed automatic transmission, all the wiring harnesses you need, fuel injector and system upgrades, the whole shebang. You get the whole thing and a three year, 36,000 mile warranty. That's not bad. It's not. That's that's not bad. That's not a bad warranty. On a on a seven hundred fifty horsepower no, engine. And the, the thing is here is this is why I get mad at companies for not doing two door versions of when they like beef up their you know four door off roaders. Mm-hmm. Look at that picture on Hennessy's site. Oh, it's gorgeous. That's fantastic looking. It's outstanding. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. No, it's great. I just wish Ford would do that to their two door. Don't, don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will come out with this. What are they called? What is it called again? The, the Warthog in a two door version, and they're just testing it on a four door bed. Who knows? I I can't say, but I doubt they will. I doubt it. You know what I will say? Those of you out there who are going to order your Bronco Warthog, uh, one of you needs to name it Pumbaa. <laughs> I don't care which of you it is. It needs to be brown, but do it. It needs to have spikes on it. Yeah, it needs to. And if you could get like a little meerkat to like in the in put the it, windshield or like the A pillar, that would uh, be put it on like a, uh, an off roading antenna off the back, like clinging Ooh, onto the antenna. I like it. And then on the top of the antenna could be tufted like a tail. And then when they ask you, when they ask you about what you used to do with it when you first got it, you can look at it and go, "Why? When he was a young warthog." <laughs> 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 be perfect oh as soon as, 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 soon as you start it up with the remote start it just starts playing hakuna matata oh my god oh that's great <laughs> yeah i love it I oh love it. that would be fantastic it would be fantastic look all you you people with more money than sense go do that it'll be fun yes, for us to see please yeah talk about over i mean <laughs> talk about over the top i don't know anybody who's gonna spend 200 and 30 grand on a Bronco, but everybody who buys an uh, an icon like the old ones, they'd have the money to spend on it. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I, I got to tell you, and you, you're right about the picture on Hennessy's site. It is just a just a sharp. It's gorgeous. Look, it looks great. It looks absolutely fantastic. Chevy, how did you screw the blazer up so badly? Seriously, <laughs> I know. I, like I'm sitting here looking at this thing. I'm like, how did you manage to mess that up? Are you for real? 
over there? Good God. I, th- oh, I think, God. honestly, I think they played roulette with it. You think? Yeah, because they released theirs first, right? Yes. So I bet you, because obviously everyone knew about the Bronco when they released the Blazer. It was, yeah. already, it was already being being toted as, as a thing that was going to happen. So I bet you Chevy went, you want to know what? We're both going to release these nameplates, and they're both going to be modern, you know, SUVs. They just both thought they, they thought that Ford wasn't going to do this. I was going to say, so you think Chevy rolled the dice on, hey, everybody's moving in a sleeker direction. Let's modernize the Bronco or modernize the Mo- Blazer. Modernize the Blazer, yeah. And Absolutely. Yeah, I could see that. That was, that was just them flipping a coin like, you know, no one's coming out with retro stuff but Dodge, and even Dodge isn't making a retro SUV. No, that's true. Well, because the Durango looked like dog shit. Unless they made the Ram Charger again. Oh, my God. Dodge, make the Ram Charger again. <laughs> yes. Holy um, crap. Yes, that would be fantastic. Dodge, because oh. you clearly listened to this. Please make the Ram Charger again. We don't even have to deal with this for that on that one. Let's just make the Ram no, Charger. Just, just do it. You know what's even better? Now that we, it's like Beetlejuice. So we've said it three times. Dodge is already making it. And by the time the podcast is over, they'll have put a Hellcat engine in it. That's the beauty. <laughs> yeah, no. But but yeah, that's kind of what I think happened is they just flipped a coin. They were like, look, nobody's nobody's doing the retro stuff right now. Aside, Well, I mean, Dodge has Jeep. So there's that, you know, Jeep's are modern, but they're still somewhat they're still retro yeah. and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of went, you know, GMs going electric with a lot of their stuff. They're really trying to forward think their company. Ford's doing the same thing, and they just went, "No, they're, they're we're we're all going this way." There's no way that Ford's going to release a retro themed Bronco, and Ford <laughs> just took the retro themed Bronco and put it right up the tailpipe of the Blazer. Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. Went, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That, that holds a lot of water, especially the car climate when Chevy released the Blazer again. Oh, and it was dead. I think they underestimated what, honestly, the biggest mistake Chevy made with the Blazer was calling it the Blazer. Yeah, it's a perfectly fine car. Just don't call it a Blazer. Yeah, that was, that was their mistake. The only reason why it's absolutely ugly is because you called it a Blazer. And I don't, the funny thing is too, they absolutely have the capability to make the Blazer, I want to say great again, but that's not <laughs> to make the Blazer back into make what it should be. Make the Blazer great again. Yeah. That, we can make that t-shirt. That'd be dope. <laughs> Anybody want to buy a make the Blazer great again t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it won't be it won't be red. We won't, we won't do that. Yeah, we, we um, can't have it be red, no. But they could, and I think it would go over terribly. I don't think anybody would buy it. No. Because why would you? Like at that point, no. If if they if they tried to redo it now, it's you've already lost your fan base on that. You know what? I will put one caveat on that. If they made it exclusively in a V eight trim, they would do better. <laughs> and that's not even me being stupid, which I acknowledge. No, yeah, they would absolutely. No, I understand. If they did a a V eight and a Duramax Blazer in a retro style, uh-huh, you get right back in it. Yeah, you get right back in it. So Chevy, I know you're listening as well. You know. If you want to do it, you better hurry up before Dodge makes the Ram Charger again. Oh, man, that'd be good. <laughs> that would be real good. You know that's just like written on a whiteboard at the Dodge offices somewhere. I really hope it is, honestly. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be. Right now, there's, there's a question not, mark. There's not many Dodges are just, you know, the whole Dodge Mopar thing in general. Don't get me wrong. I love a lot of them. But there's not a lot of that that I fanboy over. The Ram Charger's just cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, no two ways about it. No two ways about it. Uh, actually, what I love about the Ram Charger is it was one of the, or the Blazer more so, was one of the like few really good functional convertible SUVs when it was the way that it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, no, the Bl- I think the Blazer was probably the most... I mean, the, the the Ram Charger was, but the Ram Charger was also kind of big to be an SUV. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're. I mean, at that point, if you're talking about it in that context, in the convertible SUV area, you're talking the Blazer and the Bronco. Yeah, yeah, the Blazer and the Bronco. The the Ram Charger was a thing, but it. I don't. I wouldn't call it an SUV. That was just a. <laughs> a pickup yes. truck that lost some some out of the middle, uh, or something. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a little too big to be a sport utility utility vehicle you know mm-hmm. um so definitely a utility vehicle but not a sport one yeah. so but yeah no blazer and bronco oh my gosh the old ones and i'd argue even the current broncos a good uh look, looks pretty good with uh with the panels off i don't know if you can call it a full convertible because it really doesn't go full top down yeah. but then again the old one didn't really didn't either so what really makes a convertible a convertible at that point well the interesting thing is that so many other companies have kind of swung and missed at the convertible yeah, a lot more than have uh, than have been witnessed by the U.S. market. Well, I'll definitely say that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have nightmares of the uh, Nis- uh, Nissan Murano convertible that they came out with. Oh, I know see, it haunts nice. my dreams. That's not nice. My mom likes that car. <sighs> Can you have her text me why? Because <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> mom, Vince wants to know why you like the uh, the Murano. It's just oh my god. Well, so here's here's the thing, and. I'm not going to speak on the Murano, but I will say overall, the biggest problem is that a lot of the shapes of these SUVs don't work well with the lines that you want in a convertible. No, no, it, they have to end up changing the vehicle too much to make it try to work as a convertible. They have to because they have to replay the structure of it so much. I think the I think the issue mainly is is that none of these vehicles are designed as convertibles, and then companies try to turn them into one for some perceived market for it. Well, the the only notable exception to that, by the way, I would say is the Range Rover Velar, but that is prohibitively expensive for what it is it looks great in a convertible it looks good with the roof off just because i think it is sportier off the bat if anything i think it looks too cramped with the roof on (laughs) so Mm. okay well yeah as an suv that's definitely got like it's almost slanted backwards with its roof shape which is a decidedly more convertible thing to do because the roof doesn't come up as tall it's not as bubbly of a thing where suvs are typically bubbly vehicles correct i'm sorry the evoke is the other one is the one that they do convertible at least for us oh is it the thing with that is though 52 grand Eh, yeah like you're getting up there at that point where for i mean what is essentially just a base model without the roof Right. And again, I'm going to, yeah, I can repeat the same thing I just said for the Evoke. I mean, it's, you look at it and just the roof line of it, it's not bubbly. It's very tapered and slanted, almost like, uh, I want to bring up the expression of like a ball cap backwards. Like it just, it looks kind of just off the back end, which lends itself a lot more to a retractable roof. Well, the other thing I find interesting about it, and if you you notice it more when there's people standing next to it or, or even when they're in it, uh, small. This is a small. Yeah, it's a small car. Yeah. Uh, for something that's supposedly in the SUV class, this is a small vehicle. It, it's not something you would necessarily notice. You kind of look at it, and at least my first impression is, man, those are some big wheels. Yes. 
And it's because the car is small, not that the, wheel, the wheels are not overly large for an SUV. It's just the car is a very small car. Yeah. It looks like a toy. Yeah. It looks like if like you gave steroids to a power wheels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get me. It's clean. It's oh, yeah, very absolutely. clean. No, they did it well. It's just, yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't think, <laughs> I think the convertible market here is great. I think the SUV market here is great. I don't think the convertible SUV market is that great. I don't even know if there really should be a market for a convertible SUV. What's the what's the purpose? What what is the legitimate decision behind getting that? Is my is my question. Why do you get a convertible? You get a convertible so that you have well, why do I get a convertible? Why do most people get a convertible? I would I would say I would say you should get a convertible if you want a more connected and open experience to the road. Okay. And you're just your environment around you as you're driving. It's a leisure vehicle. It's something you drive around for fun on the weekends. It's not your serious vehicle that you drive around on a daily basis. Some people do. And, you know, if that works for them, that works for them. But the reason why you should buy a convertible is it's a it's a pleasure vehicle. And I think for the most part, people that buy them, buy them as pleasure vehicles. There's a few that don't. And for the most part, they're buying the retractable hardtop versions of things. BMW does a bunch of those. And those are a lot more livable year round than anything else because they're able to have more of a structure when the roof's up and when it's down. So you don't have to have, like there's more headroom in the back seats if there's back seats, things like that. But, and I think, I think you're hitting on a good point, which though is people want the practicality of their daily or of an SUV where you have the storage and the ability to move people and all this other stuff while still being able to have that kind of driving experience. But they don't mix. Overall, as a concept, I would agree. I, I feel like you ruin both things. You ruin the practicality of your vehicle by taking the roof off. There's no two ways about it. You lose space everywhere in the vehicle to put things. You make your vehicle less economical because it's heavier because there's extra rigidity put in the entire body there's so much that you lose in practicality when you buy a convertible and when you buy an suv you're not buying a suvs can be leisure vehicles but i would argue that you don't buy an suv as a leisure vehicle no one's driving around an suv for pleasure on the weekends no one's buying an suv to go Ah, yes. Let me go ahead and take the Range Rover out for the weekend and just tour it around the back roads. Like, (laughs) no one does that. Obviously, somebody in Britain does, but they're weird. It's true. True. So it's it's way too much of a clash of cultures. The things that I'll say about it, um, just to kind of wrap it, I agree in the sense that the concepts shouldn't work together. I think when executed properly, they can. My issues with it are... It's two doors. You lose a lot of functionality a lot of the time because the chassis had to be shortened so that the roof can work the way that it is. I understand all that. On the sport side of it, since there's more rigidity in the frame, the center of gravity is lower, so they are generally going to be better to drive. On paper. Right. Not in practice. A lot of these get, you know, little sport packages and stuff. And to be honest with you, if really all you want is to put a roof down and still be able to go get groceries with you know your your husband or your kids i don't see the harm i get it i i understand that as a concept it's probably flawed but i think as a there and now mind you there's just enough for the niche by the way i don't want any more 
<laughs> Let me just <laughs> be very clear about that. I don't want any more of these than we have, unless you want to make one more affordable. But outside of that, yeah, I yeah. don't think any of them are affordable. I don't think the Volkswagen like there's ones that aren't sold over here. Like there's a one by Volkswagen. Uh, the Murano convertible is probably still made somewhere in the world. Things like, but they were never they're never cheap. No, no. Take the base price of your vehicle of, of what it would have been as a standard vehicle and add ten grand onto it at least. Yeah, and you'd have to uh, you have to say some kind of prayer to get the money to afford that sort of thing on the basis of. All the jokes that we just made that I had to cut from this audio. It's time that we purify ourselves in the places most holy. The Vatican of the V8. The synagogue of speed. The cathedral of carburation. It's time we make our plea to the deities that inhabit these temples and their faithful servants. God. Car God. James Pumphrey. Jeremy Clarkson. It's us. Your humble disciples begging, pleading for you to return these lost models to us in all their glory, and in exchange smite down the abominations we offer to the Deacon James May and altar boy Richard Hammond as sacrifice. This is this for that. Man, it gets better every time. It's <laughs> Thank you. You ready? You want me to go? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I can I can hit this first. Oh, let's do it. All right. This week I would like to bring back the Pontiac Fiero. Okay. I like it. <laughs> no, you don't. I like it. Over it's back. fine. You got a, a kit Ferrari you're trying to build? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I'm not, actually. I just yeah, I want them I want them to bring that back. I think there okay. was a lot of, I think there was a lot of potential there. But uh anyway, so in in sacrifice, what I'm willing to get rid of. Uh, and I, I put a lot of thought into this about one or the other, one or the other here, because I was really jumping back and forth between two different things. But what I think I most really want to get rid of is the Jeep Compass. Okay. I I don't immediately have an argument with you on either one. So that's oh. good news. All right. Hit me with the Fiero. All right. I like the Fiero. I've always liked the Fiero. I'm never going to object to a mid-engine Pontiac returning to the automotive I mean, world. I never... I'm not going to say I always liked the Fiero. I definitely didn't. Um, the Fiero, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't lie about that. Yeah, I, there were years where I just, what is that ugly okay. POS? Because it's not, it's not a good looking car. It's not. And in all fairness, it's not necessarily a great performing car either. It's not a lot of aftermarket for it. You really got to just custom a bunch of stuff if you want to make it into anything worthwhile. It just kind of existed. It wasn't anything spectacular. I'm, I'm not going to say it was terrible. I don't think it necessarily was. It was just unremarkable. For for a two-seater with possible back seats, I think in some of them might have been two plus twos, mid-engine sports car, it was just lackluster. But I, I see the potential in it. I really do, especially with what Pontiac did in their later years to really have engineered that thing a lot better than what it was. And I think that there are definitely some brands nowadays that could revive that name and bring it back full cycle. Like who? I mean, the obvious European choice would be Lotus. It's literally a Lotus built in America. Ooh. I think that would be crazy awesome. But if that. we were to stick with an American brand to do something with this, you want to know what? I really want to say Chrysler takes the reins on that. Really? 
Yeah. Why? I'm I and I'm not I'm not saying no. I just I had a thought in my mind based on power plants and chassis that they already had and I was not going with Chrysler. No. I know. I, Chrysler's missing something right now. <laughs> yeah. They they are. They they're not really making much of anything they're making 300s and maybe still a minivan i don't know they tried to do something with the chrysler 200 and nah. they've never really had a sports car have they the crossfire i can hear my uncle shouting from here the crossfire <laughs> right sorry that other lackluster thing that no one really oh, um but the srt6 vince come on oh sorry it's an srt6 i thought you didn't like things with a six in it you gotta give it some love i i don't but it was it was a pretty solid performing vehicle you gotta credit where it's due no i think you're right i think it fills a void that chrysler has i just don't know who's gonna buy it from them to be honest with you it'd have to have a lot of major design changes Oh yeah, but that's the thing too. I want I want the Fiero back. I don't necessarily want a retro Fiero. Yeah, that's fair. All right, like it's not a great looking car. <laughs> it's very of its time. Yeah, that is. But that there is. were about every brand that ever made a car that looked like that that made one that looked better. <laughs> too. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's it's just not. It's not a pinnacle or even in the competition for what that era should have been. Um, so I'm not saying I want a retro one. I would love that nameplate and that mid-engine two-seater, two-door sports car deal back under an American brand. So, Affordable, too. Like, let's... Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got the mid-engine Corvette already. Why don't you just buy that? Well, because I don't want to be a midlife crisis mobile. Okay. That's not... No. That's not an acceptable reason not to buy the mid-engine Corvette, but... All right, whatever. Sorry, yes, there is a million, million other reasons. Anyway, <laughs> okay, but no, the, the reason, the reason, okay, the reason why I said that, the reason uh, that was the reason why I said that about the Corvette was <laughs> as I'm driving home from work today, I I passed somebody in a Corvette and then had to immediately let him pass me again because I was like. I was like, I came up behind it and I was like, oh, I want to check it out for like in person from all angles because I love, I love seeing them on the roads. They do look kind of nice. You know, I got up behind it and the license plate said fast enough on it. And I was like, oh, oh gosh, whatever. But as I went past him, I glanced over and the dude had to have been 65 at least. And it's like a stock Corvette, fresh, clean, waxed every week, like nothing done to it. And he's got fast <laughs> enough as his lights. And I just kind of like tapped the brakes a little and let him catch up to me. I was like, is he really that old? Oh my gosh, he's all gray and got wrinkles all over his face. What are you doing with your life, sir? Fast enough sounds like he has no interest in making it any faster. Yeah. Like, no, that's it. It's fast enough. It's fast Wait, enough, what? guys. Yeah, just, it's, it's fast enough. I don't need to go any faster. Unbelievable. But yeah, that's why I said midlife crisis. No, that's fair. But, but in any, regardless. Uh, you know, an American-made cheap sports car entry that's just kind of like, you know, zippy, fun, mid-end. doesn't have to be like crazy overpowered. So if I was going to have somebody do this on the American side, I probably would have gone with Ford. Yeah. Only because they make a four-cylinder EcoBoost engine that I think would be pretty dope in this thing. You want the 2.3 liter in that? Yeah, that would be good. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. I think the twin turbo 3.7 that's in the Taurus is too much. No, 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 that's too much. Too I much, think, much. but I think the the one that's in, and I think that's also in the Fiesta ST. Yeah, no, that was the that's the engine from the Fiesta ST. That's the engine that's in the EcoBoost Mustang. Yeah. I think it makes three hundred and ten horsepower stock. Yeah, that is more than enough to make that a fun, a, a really fun ride. 
and basically bolting on, not even bolting on a new turbo, but you can change wastegate springs on that and like tune it for timing and make 380 without even touching the internals on those. And that's the beauty of it. You immediately give birth to aftermarket for a car that didn't exist. Right. Because the aftermarket already exists for the, for the engine. And at that point, if that, if that supports already there, then there's going to be, you know, all all of your chassis and your suspension and uh, brakes, everything else is going to get adapted for it. There'd be some sick Fieros out there. There would be some sick Fieros. And I think that they, I think that a modern, design of a car evoking that kind of a, an image and a lifestyle could be could be done well i, I like what chrysler's doing in their design department no i, I i'm not saying they couldn't do it i just thought for i mean the, the 200 was a bland ish car but it was sleek it, it kind of yeah, no, it, it kind of looked pretty good it did i don't have a huge a huge argument with you on the compass so the, the the main thing for me on that was i was going back and forth i was like get rid of the compass get rid of the renegade get rid of the compass get rid of the renegade get rid of the compass and i decided on compass and my main reasoning is this you've got the compass the grand cherokee and the cherokee or in in direct order would be the compass the cherokee the grand cherokee right. they are all the same vehicle just small ish normal size and too big <laughs> we're going to have to come back to that <laughs> <laughs> Why do you not dump the Renegade, though? That just seems like a... I don't dump the Renegade because that's Jeep's entry level. I guess. And it's not a bad vehicle. Yeah. It can handle itself off-road, and it's not too bad performing on the road either. That's fair. Listen. Is it completely unusable backseats? Yes. The Compass is a Cherokee and a Grand Cherokee just shrunk down and with a two-wheel drive option. Uh, why? Why does that exist? It is, it's, it's a nice car. What, the Compass? Yes. Eh. It's nice on the inside. It's well equipped. It's not gonna. It's not gonna break the bank open in terms of the higher trim levels. You can get a lot for what you're paying for out of that car. No, you can. I will say that. No, I. I I'll show you. I guess. Okay. So on their website, they're branding that starting at twenty three nine. So it starts at twenty four thousand. Mm-hmm. At twenty six five, you get a Cherokee. Yeah. I mean, they're all right there. You're absolutely. That's a little too. So like, right. The compass is the entry level into like the road going Jeep lineup, right? The Renegade is supposed to be your entry level into your more off-roady Jeep lineup. Agreed? Agreed. Renegade starts at 22. What's the the base Wrangler? Base Wrangler starts at 28.3. Okay. So then, yeah, Renegade is definitely your entry level. Yeah. But it's the Renegade is affordable for somebody trying to buy a first new car. The compass is, but the Cherokee is not a huge stretch. Yeah. Is my argument there. The Wrangler is a bit more of a stretch. Yeah. So Renegade to Wrangler is like an actual step up. Compass to Cherokee seems much less so. And your upper level Cherokee to your base, your upper level Compass to your base level Cherokee seems like a lot less of a, you know, like I don't think you're, I don't think you're gaining or losing anything there really. I think you're better off getting into a base level Cherokee if that's the vibe you want to go for. I think the Compass handles better than the Cherokee does, but. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. As far as mine goes, I don't know how you're going to feel about my my sacrifice. Oh, yeah? But we'll see. We'll see because it's it's going to happen right now. Oh, boy. God, give us back the Nissan Xterra. <laughs> and in exchange, take the GMC Canyon. Ooh. Yeah. So it's well established that I love the Xterra. I had one. It was awesome. I think the way the midsize SUV market is, an Xterra would do really well. Nissan literally still makes, basically still makes yeah, it. No, just not. That's see, that's my problem. <laughs> is they're still making it just in truck form, and if they bring it back the exact same, 
I'm going to have a problem. We're going to have a big <laughs> problem with Nissan. I will be picketing outside their headquarters. So the funny thing about it is, yeah, the, the frontier is like the same as the Xterra that I had still. Like those interiors are like still almost identical. So yeah, you're going to have to step it up a little bit in the uh, design department there. But I mean, stupid capable not really pricey you had a ton of options trim wise it was a solid it was a solid truck i'm not gonna deny any of that absolutely cool i do not understand why the canyon exists (laughs) i just don't because any trim level worth a damn i could get a full-size truck essentially yeah I, i mean even their whatever their standard one the Canyon Elevation package here starts at 26, which sounds reasonable. But once you add the crew cab and like, you know, stuff you're going to actually need because no one's driving a regular cab long bed version of these, it's 37.6. The DAT4 is 38.2. The Denali can get up to 45 grand. For what? No, no absolutely. It's it's insane. It's it's insane. It's too much for, for a mid, I'll call yeah, it a mid-size I mean, truck. You know, your engine options are whatever comes in the elevation, which I think is a four-cylinder, uh, 3.6 liter V6, which makes solid power, 308. Not nothing to sneeze at for sure. Or a 2.8 liter Duramax. Eh. No, absolutely. You know, it doesn't uh, knock you my, out. My reasoning for getting rid of it would be less from the midsize truck standpoint arguments and more from the is it really needed in the GMC lineup? Like that was people who point. are buying <laughs> GMCs, do they really need that, that was my as an point. option? So my argument would have been no. Not even a little bit. So GMC right now, as a lineup, makes the Sierra, right? The Canyon, the Terrain, the Acadia, and the Yukon. All not small. No, not a single one of them. And the funny thing is, this is like the first departure we see between... One of the first departures you see between GMC and Chevy is the Terrain and the Acadia. Because those aren't a Trailblazer and an Equinox. Those are a Terrain and an Acadia. Those are GMC's cars. You know, the Yukon's yeah. still a Tahoe or a Suburban if you get the XL. But, no, absolutely, but absolutely, I, absolutely. I at least understand that the market for the large luxury SUV, because the Cadillac Escalade still exists. Yeah. No, there, there's a market out for so, it. You know, if you want to drop yeah. 68 grand on a Yukon Denali, more power to you. But I just think that, like you said, I don't think it has a place in GMC's lineup. I don't think for somebody who's who's looking in that truck bracket, I think you'll get for the for your money a lot more out of a Colorado or a Ranger if you if you're staying yeah. midsize. You know what I mean? I mean, because the obvious argument being you could also just go get a truck like a a, a regular one, a full size truck. So you know. That's it. Uh, this is, yeah. You know what's crazy? This is a this is a painless this for that for us. This is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the most agreeable one this we've had. Pretty in a good. While. And who would have thunk that the resurrected vehicles would be the Fiero and the Xterra, <laughs> while our sacrifices would be the Compass and the Canyon. You gotta love it. Yeah, that's definitely a little crazier one than we're used to. Yeah, I'll give the it funny that. thing is, it's not out of the realm for either of us in terms of the picks themselves. No, it's not, but the fact that neither of us decided to nitpick on a few things and, you know, really just tear into each other on, oh, why would you do that? Well, I mean, you know, you didn't say anything dumb like get rid of the M5, so. Okay. <laughs> All right. How many weeks are you going to bring this up? How many? I don't know, man. How many are we going to do this? Wow. You're going to bring it up every week. Uh, we can pick that or the fact that the twin turbo engine in the Raptor is garbage. Take your pick. <sighs> That's right. 
little animosity to end the episode. Now you're never getting your Christmas present. It keeps it, <laughs> it keeps it fresh. <laughs> keeps the relationship spicy. <laughs> well, on that hilarious and more than slightly contentious note, I think that'll about do it for us here in episode nine. Yeah. You'll excuse us. Vince and I have to go fight <laughs> off recording for a couple of hours about this now. No, no, I'm I'm done fighting you on those. It's fine. Yeah, we'll see. It sounds like you're done fighting me on them, seeing as they don't seem to bother you. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I know you wouldn't. I heard your reaction <laughs> when I said it the first time. Anyway, mod your cars. Check your blinker fluid. Keep uh, keep the feedback going. We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Always appreciate the feedback. Find us on Facebook, on Spotify. Tell your friends. Those people you don't speak to from high school anymore who just send you game requests, send them links to our page. Call spam them. Yeah, who cares? Everyone dealing in a pyramid scheme out of your high school, too. Oh my spam God. them. Anyone doing a freaking multi-level marketing thing, just send them all of this. I became my own boss. You can, too, by listening to this podcast. <laughs> It's a secret message. You got to tell them there's a there's a hint in each episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're clearly having a bit of fun doing Absolutely. this. So we'll be back with, God, the 10th episode. Yeah, we're going to do next. something special for 10. Something. I don't know what it is. So suggestions. Are <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> until we figure it out. All right, guys. Thanks again. Until next time. Have a good one.